A woman with a nasty attitude had spent almost two hours browsing through a store, and the longer she shopped, the more she complained and criticized. And finally she said, why is it that I never get what I ask for in here? And the exhausted clerk said, perhaps, madam, it is because we are too polite. Jacob had asked for it. He swindled his family out of both the undeserved birthright and blessing and then ran for his life. He has had several experiences, important experiences since then. One encounter with God after a dream at a place he named Bethel, the house of God. A thorny reversal where his uncle tricked him in the way he was used to tricking others. And now he has heard from God that it's time to go back home. Home to his twin brother Esau, the one who wanted to kill Jacob during his last scene. Jacob had run away from home with nothing. But in the 20 years that he has been gone, he has amassed a fortune in wives, slaves, children, and livestock. And even with all of this stature, all of this wealth, Jacob fears the encounter with his brother Esau, and rightfully so. As he's headed home, I've got to give you some of the backstory here. He sends messengers ahead to Esau to tell him that he's coming home. He's on his way. And these messengers then return to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. So we imagine Jacob's fear going up even higher. And he does then what he does best, which is try to manipulate. He tries to manipulate Esau's emotion by sending gifts back ahead. He sends several hundred goats and sheep and dozens of uh, cattle, camels, and donkeys. Now, manipulation is something that can be learned early. With Jacob, we got the sense that it was out of the womb when he was holding onto his brother's heel, trying to pull him back. I was having lunch with my son at his school one day, and one of his friends was boasting about how when he wants something, he begs and begs his mother until eventually she gives in. That's a smart, persistent nine-year-old right there. And then on the other end of the age spectrum was an elderly man who was brought home by police. And the polite policeman explained to his wife that he was at the park, and he couldn't find his way home. And his wife said, oh, Morris, you've been going to that park for 30 years. You couldn't find your way home? How could you get lost? And he leaned really close so that the policeman wouldn't hear, and he said, I wasn't, I wasn't lost. I was just too tired to walk home. So manipulation, we learn it early, and we maintain it throughout our lives. Jacob was the master at this. We've seen several actions where he had manipulated his brother and his uncle. And so now he's going home and and has a right to be scared. 
at Laban's house, where he'd been for 20 years, he could be somebody new. But now he's going home to where people know him. And they know what a scoundrel he has been. And so Jacob is searching his mind for a way to manipulate his reception. So he tries this gift, this generous gift, to appease his cheated brother, and perhaps guessing that Esau would see through that attempt at manipulation, Jacob then divides the rest of his company, all his, his uh, slaves and livestock, divides them into two companies, because he guesses that if one of them gets attacked by Esau and his 400 men, then at least the other half will escape. And he escorts his wives, his maids, his 11 children across the ford at the Jabbok River. He sends them on ahead, and then Jacob is left alone. Now, obviously, he's already been mentally wrestling with his past and how to protect his family and flocks and his future. And then a different kind of wrestling match begins Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker once said, My God-given talent is my ability to stick with something longer than anyone else. And for all of Jacob's faults, we have to admire his persistence. When he wanted the birthright and the blessing, he went after them whole hog, as some say, with everything he had. And then, when he gets over to Laban's house, he works seven years for Laban to win the hand of Laban's daughter, Rachel. He gets tricked into receiving the older daughter, Leah, instead, and so he works another seven years for Rachel. So he works 14 years for the woman he loved. That's persistence. And now he's caught in a wrestling match with someone he doesn't know, or doesn't know that he knows, And when Jacob would not quit, the man knocked Jacob's hip out of joint. But Jacob held on. He said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So apparently, Jacob's blessing that he received from his father 20 years ago wasn't enough. Well, the other wrestler, the man, answers not with a verbal blessing, but with a question. What is your name? What an odd question. We can't underestimate the meaning of names in the Bible. They're sort of like most of the seven dwarfs in the story of Snow White, right? Except for Doc. The names describe something defining about them. Sneezy, dopey, sleepy, grumpy. And so asking, what is your name, is another way of asking, who are you? Who are you? And Jacob answers with his name, heel. Remember, he was grabbing onto his brother's heel when he was born, so he was named heel, supplanter, the one who wants to get ahead. And instead of a blessing here, he receives a name change. The man says, you shall no longer be called heel, Jacob, but Israel, which means one who strives with God, because you have striven with God and with humans 
and have prevailed. It appears then that this wrestler is God in human form. Now make the connection. When have you wrestled with God? We don't do it physically, mostly. Typically these days, our wrestling matches are more through prayer and wondering and seeking and talking with, fear, with peers who are people of faith. Twenty years ago, a friend of mine started seminary and began reading and questioning things that neither he nor I had learned in Sunday school. Is Jesus the only way to eternal salvation? If God has complete control over everything that happens, why does God let so many people remain in pain? Take this one part of the Bible. If it's just a story or a myth, does that shatter one's whole faith? Questions like this initiated a wrestling match for me. Another phrase that describes it might be a crisis of faith. The structure of my faith was torn down in mind and heart-wrenching ways, and then it had to be rebuilt over weeks and years, and it's still being built. We don't leave a wrestling match with God without being changed in some way. It's probably not a hip out of joint, but an idea out of joint, or a long-held belief out of joint. The challenge is to be as persistent as Jacob. I will not let you go unless you bless me, he said, probably through clenched teeth. And while Jacob didn't get all his questions answered, the man blessed him. He was, Jacob was persistent enough, tenacious enough to hold out for the blessing. In the magazine Fast Company, Peter Kostenbaum wrote about a young, ambitious guy that he worked with at Amico, and he got a double promotion that required a transfer to Cairo. So he went home to his wife and his young baby and said, great news, we're moving to Cairo. And his wife was appalled and said, you're moving alone, I'm going home to my mother. So that was a wrestling match that began right then in that family. There was no viable compromise at the beginning. If he relinquished his promotion, he would resent his wife for ruining his career. If she just went along with the move, she would hate him for squashing her ideals for her baby and herself. What would they do? After some discussion, they might have been tempted to believe that maturity required them to deny their feelings and sacrifice on behalf of the other. Instead, they went back to the fundamentals of their relationship. Is it my career or is it our career? Is it your baby or is it our baby? Are we individuals or do we operate as a team? What are our values. That marriage had to grow up by the equivalent of five years in about two weeks. 
They ended up going to Cairo, but their relationship had been transformed. She understood about the importance of his career. He recommitted to his values as a participant in the family. And what matters is not what they ended up choosing, but how. They took the courageous step to redefine from the inside out who they truly were. And the how is what gave them character. The what, we're moving to Cairo or not, at first appears paramount, but it ultimately is not of the emotional significance. Now, similarly, the how of growing in faith is important. You can't listen to a preacher and assume that you then have all the answers. Not that you would. But we each have to wrestle with our faith, with our beliefs, and with the wrestling, and only with the wrestling comes the blessing. We can't trick God out of the blessing as Jacob tricked his father. We can't manipulate a family member out of the blessing. It comes through wrestling and through the tenacity of holding on and searching and asking the questions until we find out what the blessing is. When Mary was seeing Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, it reminded me that there's that phrase, Here I raise mine Ebenezer as an altar. And it took me back to earlier in the story of Jacob where he, he set the rock at Bethel. He, he created an altar there and said, this is the house of God. And so now there's another name here, Peniel, which means the face of God. Because Jacob said, I have seen God face to face and yet my life is preserved. Whatever negative forces are out there are strong. But God is stronger. Sometimes we give up too easily, but Jacob reminds us to hold on for the blessing. We don't want to give up on faith and prayer. Let's not give up on relationships unless they're abusive. Let's not give up on our church. Let's not give up on our politicians. Let's learn from Jacob's tenacity. Hold on. And when we wrestle to the end, we find the face of God. Let's pray together. And in the darkness of closed eyes, seek the face of God. Bring to God your wrestling matches. God of power and God of love, 
we bring to you ourselves vulnerable, hurt, disappointed, depressed, seeking you. Be our light. Come to us as daybreak came to Jacob and brighten our lives. And help us to see then with your eyes. Help us to leave our wrestling match transformed that leads us then to reconciliation with our brother, with our sister, with ourselves, and with you. We pray in the name of the one who has shown us great reconciliation, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.